this evening. Amen. I hope you all come check uh, expecting. Amen. Our brother Murphy is going to speak. Amen. We'll sing a few choruses. Amen. And prepare our hearts. Let's start with the verse. Oh, sing the wondrous Yeah. 
eyes possess your inheritance.
set free. Amen. Our brother Gilbert, could I have you open up the service in a word of prayer? Amen. No written prayer request, but if you have a need, amen, the Lord can meet that need. Amen. Heavenly Father, once again we come before you, Lord, with lots of thanksgiving, Lord, in our hearts. Lord, we, we are just so grateful that we have this opportunity to be before you, Lord. What a, what a, what a big honor it is for us, Heavenly Father. And Lord Jesus Christ, we, we present our hearts before you, Lord. We desire that, that our hearts be your throne. We desire that your word will have a place, a dwelling place in our hearts, that our hearts will be full of your word, full of the bleeding word, Lord. You said that you will not step over that blood, and may that blood be found in our hearts, dear Lord, where we will be, so that we know that we'll be safe, O oh God. Lord Jesus Christ, we have a lot of needs, Lord, but the greatest need we have is that your will be done, O oh Lord. The will of the Lord be done, in these earthen vessels, Lord, as it is done in heaven. Lord, have full preeminence, Heavenly Father. Give us the strength, give us the ability, Lord. Help us, Father, to stand upon your word, dear Lord. Help us to elevate your word, dear Lord, above all things, Father. Let it be our shield, Father. Let your word be our defender, dear Lord. Let your word be the place where we hide, dear Lord. Not depending on our ability, not depending on our minds, our reasoning, Lord, our, our, our way of understanding, but just resting, resting on that word, dear God. So as your word is going to be spoken, dear Father, may each, each piece that you, that you share with us, Lord, may we hold it in our hearts, Heavenly Father. Lord, move through the maids, our maids, Heavenly Father, meet our needs, Father. We pray for the minister, dear God. He has what he has planned to say or to speak, Father, but when he steps here, May the great Holy Spirit, Lord, as you've done before, as you've always done, Lord, and you've never failed, O oh God, once more, Lord, come down, Father, and speak to us, Lord. We commit all things to your hands, Lord. We are remembering even, even Brother Ed at this time, Father. Oh, Lord Jesus, strengthen him. Be with him, Father. We thank you for his life, for his ministry, Lord, for the great things, for we are who we are because of the word that you spoke through him, dear Lord. Once again, Father, let your word have preeminence in our hearts, Father. We commit all things to your hands. Lord, we love you, Father. We appreciate you, dear Lord. We thank you for everything, Lord, everything that you've done for us. Forgive us our trespasses, Father. Forgive us where we've let you down, Lord. Forgive us where we have not been strong, Father. Forgive us where we have failed you, dear Lord. May the blood atone for us. May we... May it just be a wonderful evening being in your presence, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You have your seats. Amen. We won't delay the service any longer. Can we sing goodness of God as our brother Murphy comes? Amen. I love you, Lord.
thank you that you always draw nigh unto us Lord because not because what we did but Lord because you love us before the foundation of the world you have to put our name in the book of a lamb's the book of a life Lord before we done anything Lord you put us in there because we are the attributes of a God Lord we're a part of you Lord we're manifesting in this last hour how we want to give all the glory and thanks to you. What a word that you have sent to us. And it's the message of this hour has manifested in us. And you send it in a messenger, Lord, specifically to us, Lord. Lord, and that message has our name on it. Because only the bride of Jesus Christ can receive the word of God in this hour. Lord, we dedicate ourselves to you for service. All in our life, Lord, we owe you. Everything that is in our life it is all because of you. Lord, as the Brother Gilbert, Lord, has prayed, we are what we are, Lord, because of the man of God has preached the word of God. And uh, we come and become like this. It's all because the word that we heard. Lord, we want to give you all the thanks and glory. Lord, we ask you tonight, come to fellowship with us, Lord. Lord, we're longing for the fellowship with you, but how much long, how much longing that you have that want a fellowship with your children. Lord, as we speak to speak about you, Lord, we want you to draw nigh unto us and to speak heart to heart with us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Let's just turn to the scripture. Uh, book of uh, 2 Corinthians. Thank you for the musicians. Thank you, Brother Anthony. Isn't that good to uh, come to the house of God? And we can uh, let off the pressure, lay down on our burden. I know there's this one that who would answer for everything that we put at, at his feet. You know, you, uh, you come to the church if you with expectation, not expecting that a man, and you're expecting God, I believe God will speak to us. If you're just coming here to uh, put up some time, yeah, that's all you just uh, be put up with, just some time. But if you're looking forward for God to speak to you, I believe God will do that tonight. And not because of the man here, because he's a faithful. Let's turn to the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 7. Oh, sorry, uh, chapter 6, chapter 6. Book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 6. Verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light, has light with darkness? And what concord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has he that believeth with an infidel? 
And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, says the Lord. And touch not the unclean things, and I will receive you. And will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughter, says the Lord Almighty. Amen. Let's just turn to a, a book of Hosea, chapter 1. Book of Hosea, that's in the Old Testament, uh, chapter 1. Book of Hosea, chapter 1. That is after the book of uh, Daniel. Chapter 1. Let's read from a verse 2. The beginning of the Lord of the uh, beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea. And the Lord said unto Hosea, Go take unto thee a wife of a whoredom and children of a whoredoms. For the land has committed a great whoredom, departing from the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of a Dibalim, which conceived. And bare him a son. And the Lord said unto him, Call his name Jezreel, for yet a little while, and I will avenge the blood of Jezreel upon the house of Jehu, and will cause to cease the kingdom of the house of Je- Israel. And it shall come to pass at that day that I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. And she conceived again and bare a daughter. And God said unto him, Call her name. Loro Hamah, for I will no more have mercy upon the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. But I will have mercy upon the house of Judah, and will save them by the Lord their God. I will not save them by bow, nor by sword, nor by battle, by horses, nor by horsemen. Now, when she had a wind, Loro Hamah, she conceived and bare a son. Then said God, called his name Eloami, for ye are not my people, and I will not be your God. Yet a number of children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, ye are not my people, there it shall be said unto them, ye are the sons of the living God. Then shall the children of Judah and the children of Israel be gathered together and that appoint themselves one head, and they shall come up out of the land, for great shall be the day of Jezreel. You may be seated. I'm not sure if I'm going to uh, finish this, because uh, this is uh, uh, going to be a long uh, subject for this, but I'll try. If not, we'll just uh, uh, take this other time, and by the help of the Lord, I'll try to put this to uh, scripture uh, together. And just by the grace of God. And I would like to uh, continue just what we were speaking the last time. Uh, the perfect fellowship. Uh, this is, will be the part two. So when we're talking about the, the fellowship. And that I think uh, no, nobody likes fellowship like a believer wants to have a fellowship. And that you're, uh, you go to the different houses. We're talking about experience. We shared our testimony and the different things. Uh, you know, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to have some uh, believers uh, there in common, they're in agreement uh, to fellowship. It was uh, such a, a marvelous thing. 
It was uh, so, uh, so wonderful that you don't know how long the time uh, has been that you uh, sometimes you fellowship until the midnight as the time goes. Well, I remember when I was in China with the brothers and we're just fellowship around the word and uh, the whole night and after the, the dinner, it was just hour and after an hour, you don't even know when the uh, time went by. And it come to a point and uh, I think I just got so tired, I fall asleep and they're still fellowshipping. And when I woke up uh, in the midnight, uh, I saw them still fellowshipping. And then I went to uh, sleep again. I remember the one time that the brother, he was, um, their fellowship so much. And then even when they're in their dream, they're still fellowshipping. Because uh, they all fall asleep. And then uh, the brother in the dream, uh, just uh, uh, somehow he was uh, screaming out. He said, hallelujah. And that was in the dream. Another brother in the dream, uh, in, uh, sleeping, just turned turn aside and said, Amen. And it was just fellowship, it was just so wonderful, and you just, uh, you just don't want to go. You just uh, don't know how the time has gone by. And that's the fellowship uh, that you want. You know, God wants to have the fellowship with us. And, uh, but when you have the fellowship, you must have a connection. If there's no connection, uh, it, it becomes an awkward fellowship. And uh, because uh, it, it was like uh, you're, you're in the one, uh, one channel, the other person is uh, in another channel, just two of them just cannot, uh, uh, just cannot meet uh, uh, in something that was in, in common. And I don't know, have you ever experienced a, a fake fellowship? Uh, let me tell you an experience. When I was the first come to Canada, my English was, was poor. And my wife uh, doesn't even understand a word. So one time we, we have a fellowship with the brothers. And they were just uh, talking and uh, talking. And uh, the brother said certain things. I will just uh, laugh, laugh, laugh my head off. And uh, after, the, uh, uh, after a little while, my wife looked at me. And she was nudging at me. She said, what, she, what he was talking about? Why are you laughing so hard? I said, I don't know. Just keep laughing. Because <laughs> I don't understand. You don't want to become awkward fellowships. You just say, yeah, that's great. You know? <laughs> So, but that's the kind of a fellowship that uh, you're not in the same channel. You're not to get a connection. You don't un- understand the, what it's talking about. You know, sometimes when God have a fellowship with us, He wants to have a right response. He doesn't want us to just have a fake response. He wanted there was something that He touched your heart, then uh, He wanted to get something out of you. It was not just something that you learned from. It was not just something that you were just, um, uh, because you were born in a message or raised up in a message, so you know the, uh, the, the message or lingo or language or just, just know how to talk about it. No, it is not that. God wants to have the fellowship with you. And that fellowship can be a soul in the intimacy that you can be, have a fellowship with Him. And uh, He talked to you and you talk to Him and you don't want to leave. And that type of a fellowship that the God wants to have. And that's the type of a fellowship that we want you to have with each other. And when you have the fellowship, when, uh, you know, it was when God wants to talk to you, have the fellowship, He wants to have the right response or get a connection from you. So if God wants to talk to you about repentance, guess what? You just repent. It's not just how much you try to reasoning about it. You know, why it is that? Why it has to be that way? Oh, maybe he meant that. He meant exactly what he meant. He meant exactly what his word has said. It's not how much that you can um, um, uh, explain the word, but it's how much you believe the word. And when God, uh, when God wants to have a fellowship with you, it's not something that is the 
complicated. He fellowship with you on his word. And that the way to have a perfect fellowship with God, I think I shared it the last time, is to believe what he has said. It's not how much word that you can uh, uh, mumbling out. Fellowship doesn't always base on the word that you say. To fellowship with God, a lot of the time, is not based on how we can talk. It's not how we can, uh, you know, just uh, manipulating the word and uh, try to uh, uh, speak to him. You know, when you're in love with your, uh, uh, with your wife before, I mean, I, I don't mean that now you don't love her, but I just mean, you know, in the first love. Uh, some people, they think, they think uh, okay, to prove I love her, I must talk, talk, talk. Actually, that's quite annoying. You know, a lot of time, those are the, the, when they fall in love, they just doesn't need to talk. Just one eye. It would just start sparkling. It doesn't even, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't even, uh, uh, sometimes you, you look at the, the, the couple that are falling in love, the, the way they talk is actually so funny. You said, where's the laughing point? And the, 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 uh, the man will say something and think, oh, the girl just laugh, laugh. How's there, what is the laughing point? There's no way. Uh, but to them, it was just everything. They just laugh. Uh, it was just, a, uh, they feel, oh, that was just so humorous. To me, it was not even humorous at all. It was so boring. But to them, everything, they fall in love. To God, it's the same thing. It's the falling in love with what he has said. It's not just the love, uh, like the denomination of the world that said, you know, your worship, the tears are coming out. You love him, you love him, you love You love his word. The fellowship is based on the word of God. When God says so, you said, I believe that's the truth. Then that's the base of the fellowship. Then the fellowship starts. Then the love will start to follow. The faith, you believe him. Then he started talking it back. When you're in the situation, God wants to, want to uh, get to the right response from you. And the only right response that from you is when you believe his word. Then trial has not become a trial. Trial becomes a time that you can fellowship with him. Because in that trial, he started speaking to you. In that difficulty, he started speaking to you. And then you have the right response to what God wants you to have. And then the one you have the, when God said certain things, it's not that we try to say, uh, okay, well, the, his word is mean this way. It's not the word mean that way. It's all mean this way. If it said, oh, I, I done wrong. It's not a, I wrong because he's wrong. I wrong because she's wrong. You're wrong, that means you're wrong. And then all you do is just repent. Just say, Lord, I done wrong, and now I'm come back to it the right way. And that's what builds up the fellowship. To have a perfect fellowship with God is always based on what is the word of God has said. Peter and Jesus have the fellowship. Even not only just when Peter was talking or Jesus walked onto the sea. When Peter denied Jesus three times, Jesus doesn't say a word. Just turn around. One eye. That a look at a Peter. That caused Peter to repent. And that will resume that fellowship. That he can have a wisdom of the Lord again. And the brother Brandon said to the Stephen. Even in his death. He has a perfect fellowship that was the Lord. And even the death cannot sever the fellowship. The relationship between him and the Lord. Well, the stone was stoning him, when the trousers on him, when he's going to die. And he said, I look up, 
He said, I saw Jesus standing on the right hand side. That is the perfect fellowship. How we wanted that kind of a fellowship. It's not just how much word that we say, but how much word that we believe. So when we have the fellowship and God wants to have the right response that are coming from us. And we know for the fellowship that the man and the God to have, it can only be built on the shed blood. That's the base of God's fellowship. It's not how much you do, how ability that you have, but it's all based on the shed blood. Then, then through the shedding of the blood, then you have the perfect fellowship with the Lord. Without the shed blood, there is a sin was right in between that will break the fellowship between you and God. But by the shedding of the blood, then the way of to have a perfect fellowship with the Lord now is a, is a free, uh, flow free. Now you can have the perfect fellowship with Him. And many times you find out that the fellowship sometimes that we, uh, we have uh, with God is a lot of times it's actually just a social. It was just that you try to talk to him, but without him talking back. And many times the fellowship that we find out that the man had, it was only just a social. It was just a talking about. God is not something that we're talking about. God is that we obey what his word has said. That will build up the relationship between you and the Lord. You find that many times that we use this type of social uh, relationship uh, with a uh, uh, man and a man, and we use that to deal with God. But that is wrong. It's not how you talk with God. It's not how you do this or to do that. But give your whole faith in what is the word of God has said. You know, sometimes you try to have a fellowship with the people. Did you find out you're, you're, uh, you just cannot have the, the good quality fellowship with them? And all the fellowship is only just a, um, uh, more or less, it was just, just talking. More or less, it was just, just a social. It was just something that you're talking with about your life. I, I'm not against that. That's our daily life. But there is a kind of a, there is a, kind of a fellowship that can bring the people that into the intimacy. That, in, that type of the fellowship will really build up a person. That's the type of a fellowship that will really edify that other person. And that when God wanted, he wanted that type of a fellowship as well. And you find uh, that's the scripture that we just read in the second Corinthians. In the 6 and the 14, it said, Be not unequally yoked together with unbeliever. Why you cannot uh, unequally yoke together with unbeliever? Because there is no common ground. He talking one thing and you talking another thing. He talked about a TV he watched, and you don't know what's that, what, what does that mean. He talked about the social media, he saw the post on this, and you don't know what it means because there is no fellowship in between. Because there was a severness, there was a separation in that. There was a hindrance, there was a barrier in there. And you don't know what, uh, uh, that each other don't know each other what you're talking about. So the only fellowship that you can fellowship with another person is when you believe the same thing as he believed. And that all two of you, you are believing on the same ground. And that can generate a true fellowship. And that the Bible says this, for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? 
And what communion has the light with darkness? You cannot fellowship with on those darkness thing. And the, and the, what concord has a Christ with a Bilal? Or what part has he that believeth with an infidel? There is a separation in there because of the sin that he do, you never do it. So there's a no fellowship in between the believer and the, the unbeliever. And you find out in this age that in marriage, there's a lot of it broke up. Why? Because there's some uh, separations in there. There's a hindrance in there. And the, the marriage, they can, uh, in the beginning, all they're based on is just a certain girl, they look better. Or the boys uh, uh, was cute. Or, the, or they do certain things. All their base is just some superficial things. When they only build on the superficial things, when those things start fading away, start fizzling out, then the relationship is severed. They cannot last forever. But if for a marriage to last long, it's not just uh, you must have something long-lasting so that you can fellowship on. If the marriage it would just come to the little point, then they have nothing to fellowship along. Even believers' marriage can be severed. Even believers' marriage, they come to the point, they come to an end. Because there's nothing that in common anymore. That the common ground that they are on right in the beginning, as the time goes by, if it's not the common ground in God, then those things start fading away. That's why Brother Bram is talking about, he said, marry someone who is a Christian. Don't marry unbelievers. He said, you yourself not up among unbelievers. That's why the, the prophet said that in no, in, no matter what situation, not never marry an unbeliever. And not only that, and the, the prophet go even further. It's not just said, okay, I'm just going to go to the, any message of church and just marry another person. Look at what is the prophet said, looking at an unseen. He said, a few days ago, I was listening to a program on the radio. He said, coming on Sunday school, and it was a round table discussion with teenagers in Louisville. He said, what was one of the most important things? Was a girl to find that a boy with a curly hair. Or the boy, the girl with a pretty blue or brown eyes. He said, did that make that difference? He said, it seems like that would be the great thing to a teenager. But that isn't the greatest thing. The greatest thing is find your God, your maker. Because when you find God, find your maker, that's where you can fellowship on. When everything else fading away, you still hold on there. And your husband is still hold on there. When your beauty feeding another way, there's something still in the common ground. God is your common ground. He's the greatest thing that you fellowship it on. He's the one that put all you together. He's the one that hooked you all up together. It's not that the curly hair, one day going to become a bald hair. A bald doesn't have a hair, isn't it? And one day your blue eye going to be dim. Going to get a cataract in there. One day your beautiful face is going to be having wrinkles on it. Though you're nailed as smooth as it can be, but one day all those things are going to creeping on. You marry not for today. You marry for your future. Let me give you a quote after this. The greatest thing is find your God, your maker. Don't mix marry. 
Whenever we started speaking about that, there was a cringing. But that's still the word of God. No matter we believe it or not, that's the word of God has said. Don't mix Mary. Sometimes the people, they said, uh, oh, that's a prophet's, uh, uh, that's just, uh, that's a prophet's advice. Let me give you this. The prophet's advice is carried much more weight than Murphy's, thus says the Lord. Is that clear? Actually, the quote is not for that, so don't be cringing, okay? Brother Branham said, don't mix Mary. He said, marry a boy that believes just exactly like you do. Isn't that carry some weights in there? It's not just, oh, I just married this, I just married, well, yeah, because he goes to the message of church. Oh, I married this, I married that because of she or, or him and go to the message of church. You marry somebody, believe it just exactly like you do. Let me give you a, advice. If you're a lukewarm believer, marry a lukewarm believer. I can hear Brother Tom said, bad advice, bad advice. <laughs> Because you married exactly just like what you do. If you're a lukewarm believer and you married an unbeliever, uh, well, <laughs> you probably will become an unbeliever. If you're a lukewarm believer, you married a, a passionate, a zealous believer, you probably would drag him down, become a lukewarm believer just like you. You married exactly just like you do. If you, I want you to become a born again believer. Okay, don't take that out of place. It's not just you look warm, you have to keep your way. If you are a born again believer, marry someone that is the born again. Because then you have the common ground that you can fellowship with. If you are the believer that believes every word of a God is the truth, you marry someone that believes every word of a God is the truth. It's not just that somehow, okay, it's almost, almost it will never work. You marry somebody exactly like you do. Believe like you do. Go to church like you do. Passionate about the word like you do. You marry someone exactly like what you are. Have believed. And that's a spiritual marriage too. When God want to marry somebody, He want to marry somebody exactly like what He does. If God was married to the bride, He wanted the bride just exactly like He is. Exactly believe the word like He is. Exactly have a faith to the word like He is. Exactly not compromise on the word, just exactly like Him. Because he wanted married exactly like what he believed. And the prophet said, For after all, God is the main important thing that we are in the earth to do is to serve him. And if you do marry or anything contrary to that, you will pay for it in the days that lays ahead of you. You must always remember by faith. And not by sight. The just shall live by faith. And we look at the unseen. Unseen. So it's not only just belief. But it has to be a real belief. 
And then the second thing, you must have put God in the first priority. Put him in the preeminence. That he's the all in all. And he's the most important thing. And not only just to believe. And to the bread of said, your purpose is to serve him. You're married you, as a young couple. It's not only just to serve your wife, serve her, just uh, me, me too and no more. You serve God. You serve God and people. And that's what it is for. And you can't just uh, simply, and you can't just, uh, uh, you said, okay, how do I serve God? You can serve God in many ways. doesn't have to be every husband has to be the preacher. doesn't have every wife has to be a, uh, has to do a, uh, do a lot of things so to help this and help that. You can do the sim- things that is simple and you still serve God. You can serve God in your kitchen. And you can serve God and a man, you might not have many talents, the talents, but you can serve God and in your work. You can serve God to give, give tithes, to give offering, but send it a missionary else, but helping the, the works in the Lord in different places. You can serve God in many ways and in a simple way too. And the last, remember, when you marry, you're not married for now. You're married for future. And God marry you not just for now. He marry you for the future home. That's why he give the word in this hour to us. That's why he wants us to believe to going through everything that we're going through. It's not just for now, but we marry him for the future to come. That's what the prophet said. We live today for tomorrow to come. That's our whole purpose. That's our whole everything that we do. It's just for one thing. It's for that future that God has prepared it for us. And that the fellowship has to be built on when they have a, something in common. They believe things together. They're not just a fellowship but on the, just a superficial level. The fellowship is on believing each other's word. And just like God, we're fellowshipping on believing God's word. And so that's in the first, uh, in, the, in the second Corinthians that we just uh, read it, it said, not, be not unequally yoked together with the unbelievers. Because there is nothing you can believe it about. And then that believe an unbeliever. What is an unbeliever? Anything in the opposite to a believer. That's an unbeliever. So anything op- opposite to believe, that is the, what the unbeliever means. So what is a belief? Belief means it was a trust. It's faithful. It's worthy of a trust. It uh, can be relied on. And that it was a belief that means easily persuaded. If you saw somebody who was not easily persuaded, that means that that's an unbeliever. You have no fellowship with them. You can't fellowship it around that. If it is not worth, if worthy of a trust, if the person doesn't worth of a trust, you have nothing to fellowship with them. You cannot unequally yoked with an unbeliever because they don't believe what you believe. And then he said, to them, what is the belief in means? The one who trusts in God's promises. So what is the unbeliever? The unbeliever is the one cannot trust in God's promise. That's a narrow down a little bit. 
And a believer also means convinced that Jesus has been raised from the dead. If the person not convinced Jesus was raised from the dead, that's an unbeliever. And one who has become convinced that Jesus is the Messiah and the author of salvation. If a person doesn't believe that, that means that he's an unbeliever. You said, oh, that's, that's in the message from, yes, in the message from too. You cannot have unequally yoked with the people, even goes to the message church, but doesn't believe what we just said. They can be uh, said to go to the church, reading the Bible, reading the message, but if they're com- not convinced that Jesus has risen from the dead, not just the history of God, but right now, here, in this hour, still live among us, that's an unbeliever. No matter to go to the message of church or not. You, have, you, have, you can only fellowship with the people believe exactly like you are. You can have a social gathering with the people. That it believe what kind of a bit, but you cannot have an intimacy fellowship with an unbeliever because the two of them cannot be yoked unequally yoked. If the two cannot agree, how can they walk together? How can they have a fellowship? You can have a fellowship with the people convinced that Messiah is here, convinced that and believe that God is here. Convince them that they believe God is not a historical God, but He's the God right now. Then you can have a fellowship. Then you can have an intimacy fellowship on the Word. You can believe in the same Word. You can work together. You can walk together. You can yoke together and pushing the will forward. That's what we fellowship with. And you said, well, does that mean that we cannot even fellowship with the people who doesn't believe it's just exactly what we believe? If you want to have a just, if you want to have the real fellowship, that's the one that you can have a real fellowship with. That's the one that you can rely on. That's the one you, have, you can have confidence in them. That's the one you can work together with them, walk together with them. But on the other category... The first Corinthians of five and nine said, I wrote unto you in an episode not to company with fornicators. That's Paul said. He used the word company with. What is a company with? It's keep com- if it keep is to keep company with is to mix up together. It's to mingle together. That's what a company with. So Paul said, yet not altogether with the fornicator of this world or with the covetous or extortioners or with idolaters, for then must ye need to go out of the world. You can have a fellowship. Not to the fellowship we're talking about. Paul used the word you can have a company with. That means you can mix together with them. You can mingle with them. God never asked. He doesn't ask us to say, okay, you just doesn't have anything to do with the people in the world. No, you can mix with them. You can mingle with them. You can keep company with them. Why? If you don't keep company with them, how are you going to win them? If you don't mix with them, don't mingle with them, how, you can win? how can you win this to them? You can do that. But now I have a read. And then he said, but now I have written unto you, not to keep company, if any man that is a called a brother be a fornicator, 
or covetous, we know what the fornicator means. That means to live immorally. It's not the people in the world, but if a brother would do that, he said, you cannot have a company with them. Not even mingle with them. Not even mix with them. Covetous. That's a means of the one eager to have more, especially what belongs to others, the greedy of gain and accomplishes. If the person do that and call themselves their brother, don't even have anything to do with them. And then had or an idolater, means that a worshiper or of a false god, an idolater, and a use of anyone, even Christian particip- participating anyway in the worship of the heathen. Especially one who attended a sacrificial feast and the eats of the remainder of the offered victim. And then uh, amplified, it said, what is the idolatry? So whose soul is devoted to any object that usurps the place of God. If the brother called a message believer that have a, this idolatry, that means they gave themselves a devote to anything, object, that will replace the position, the place of God. And the Bible said here, don't even eat with them on the same table. That really narrowed down to the people that we can fellowship with. But that's God's word. This road will be a lonely road. This journey will be a lonely journey. And only you and God can walk on this. And then it said, or a riler. Rather, it means reviler. Did I pronounce right? It was someone who speak abusively or contemptuously or scornfully to or of another person or thing. A man of a coarse, harsh, and bitter words. A man whose characteristic it was to abuse others, to, re- to vilify their character and wound their feelings. If a brother doing this things like this, he said, don't even eat on the same table with them. God's word is heavy, but that's still the truth. You cannot have a fellowship with the people who are doing things like this. You have to say God's word is still the truth, no matter I like it or not, but that's what the word God has said. That give us a totally new idea, new, a new level of idea, what is the real fellowship that it is. And it said, or an extortioner. It said, it was such one, no, not to eat. Extortioner. If you use today's version, that's a blackmailer. Can I say that? A blackmail. And to try to do everything, try to gain profit from you. Or do this and to do that. And said, oh, I got your, your shortcoming. I do this. If the person doing like that, he said, don't even eat on the same table with them. How can we fellowship when two is not in agreement? That the first John and the one seven said, if we walk in the light and he is in the light, we have a fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Where the fellowship we can have is when you walk in the light and another person also walk into the light. And then you can have a fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. That's where the fellowship will start. 
You believe in the same thing. The other person believes in the same thing. And then the blood of Jesus Christ washes us the clean. Then the fellowship will start. Without that, there's no fellowship. Is it a sin that it break up that of the fellowship? But in order for the fellowship to be restored, sin problem must be dealt with. And when sin problem was dealt with, when the sin was confessed and a drop in the blood of Jesus Christ, then he would go to the seat of forgiveness, then the fellowship was restored. Then the man's and God's fellowship was restored. It's based on the shedding of the blood. And the same thing, the man's and man's fellowship will only be restored when sin was dropped into the blood of Jesus Christ. When sin was confessed, when wrongdoing was confessed, then the blood will wash us clean. Then the fellowship will be on the same base. Then they can fellowship one with another. Though you can mingle, though you can mix, but in order to have the real fellowship, to be united together, to walk together, you must have based on the shedding of the blood. That's the only place that you can have a real fellowship. Without that, there's no fellowship. But Abraham said in the crisis, the mystery of a God revealed. He said, a notice, he said, notice of Lucifer. In the last day, he's doing as he did at the first. What did Lucifer do? The first thing that Lucifer done to separate the fellowship of a God and man. He wanted to build him a united kingdom. A greater splendor and a seemingly more cultured. A greater kingdom than Michael. And then the brother Bram said, the Christ, the mystery of a God. Continue on. He said, in this last day, Lucifer is doing the same thing. He said, the devil doing the same thing, building up a hybrid church, a hybrid by hybrid member, hybrid by knowledge instead of the word, but intellectual man instead of a born-again man, building an intellectual kingdom that will outshine Christ's little bitty flock. What is that he did? It's a fall. Is it a sea? What is it that did that? The fallen angels. Devil has severed the fellowship between man and God. Use what? Sin dropped in. What is the sin? Unbelief. And he used the people to unbelieve the word of God and to take the place of God's headship and substitute with a man's idea, with a man's word. And that severs the fellowship between God and man. And so in order to restore that fellowship, the headship must be get back to this uh, to this original position that is in our heart. Because without the headship to be united with the body, there's no free flow between the fellowship. Or I should say there's no real fellowship between God and man. So this uh, sin problem has to be dealt with. And devil uses the intellectual, uses just the knowledge, yeah, and then make, try to explain the word of a God out of the way. Use that to make the word of a God has no effect on the people. And then the fellowship was severed. Then there was no fellowship whatsoever because the sin has come in. There was unbelief has come in. It's that when you don't put God in the first priority, 
in the preeminence that in our life, then there's no fellowship. Because God doesn't desire just for the lesser position. He wants to have a fellowship, but that fellowship must be connected with the body. The head must be connected with us. There's a, then the real fellowship can start. God doesn't want to just mix with us. He doesn't want to just have a social gathering with us. He doesn't want to just have to mingle around with us. Just superficially, just to touch you a little bit. Just to make you cry a little bit. Just to make you come to the church a little bit. He wants a real fellowship. He wants something that he can give it to you. Fellowship is a, is a mutually that both of them can give each other something. If the fellowship has a free if the fellowship, there was no hindrance, then what God wants to give it to us can freely flowing to us. And what we want to give it to God can free flow back to Him too. Because when we talk about a fellowship, it's not just a connection. Fellowship is that it also means that you give something to the other person and the other person gives something back to you. Not just the talking to each other, but they have something can give it to each other. They have something can flow to another person. When a real fellowship was, a, was having, then you can be edifying each other. You can have something to build up their faith. Not to tear down their faith, but build up their faith. And then the other person can say something, can touch your heart, and then your whole life can build on it. That is the type of a fellowship that the two persons have. When God wants to have us some fellowship, He wants to give us something. It's not just to give us a tear, not just to give us a church, give us a place that we go to. He wants to give an eternal life to us. He wants to give us a peace that He possesses. He wants to give us the joy that He possesses. He wants to give us the healing that He possesses. He wants to give that something that can heal your hurt, something that it can that smooth it up all your damage that happened in your life. He wants to have a fellowship with you. Not just a superficial and mingled around. He want to deal with your life. He want to have something that can transform you. That is the type of a fellowship God want to give it to you. Oh, thank God. When God gives that to me, when that something happened to you, when he becomes revealed himself, that he's not only just a God, but he's a father, he's a savior, he's a healer, he's a deliverer. He can shine a light on the darkness. When you go, I have nowhere to go, no direction. He said, I'm your guide. When something happens to that, what happened to me, happened to you, then we can give something back. Then we can worship him. Then we can say, God, I thank you. Oh, Lord, I thank you for saving me. That's type of a fellowship that God wants. It's something that he give it to you and make himself real to you. And then you can give something back to him. Then the real worship starts. Then the zeal for God's word starts. Then the burden of the word starts to come in you. What is that? You have something that you can give it back. Because when it's a worship, when you talk about a fellowship, it was a mutually going through each other. But when that is sin coming in to sever the head under the body, the true fellowship, and now it was broken. And in order for that a true fellowship to be restored, Brother Abraham said that Christ is the mystery of a God to reveal. He said that he loved fatherhood. 
for he was a father. And the only way that he could express it was to become a son, a man. That's the reason Jesus kept saying, the son of a man. He loves fatherhood. Because he wants to have a fellowship. When you were just in the gene form in him, he cannot have the fellowship in the level that he wants to have. Because you're just an attribute. But when you manifested, and you're not just an attribute in gene anymore, but you become a, a manifested a son and daughter of a God, then he can fellowship with you. Then he can fellowship as I said last time, the level that he wants to have. He can fellowship of your sin has been forgiven. He can fellowship with you that uh, your sin has been washed by the washing of the word of God. And then the fellowship, and when you know your sin was forgiven, then the fellow, true fellowship was established, then you can worship him. And you can give your whole being to him. And you can serve him. That's the true way of a fellowship was established. You're not just in the church. You're not just in the, the church to have a fellowship with him. But you can start to, you can have a fellowship with him in every daily life that you have. And you can present your body as a living sacrifice. And by yield yourself to him and give up our many rights and offer our body to him as a living sacrifice to do a reasonable service. And that's the type of a fellowship that God wants to have. And then you can fellowship with him like Paul did. Fellowship of the ministering. And you can, you can have a fellowship with him on the suffering. And then you're not only just uh, in the trials and try to complain. But in the trial that you still have a joy. And still again, praise him. Lord, I know something good is going to come out of that. That is the real fellowship that God had wanted. But in order to restore that, he said he loves the fatherhood, but the only way that he could express it is to become a son. So in order for the father, the headship is to be restored, it has to have the son of a man ministry in between that can unite the head and the body together. That's why without the son of a man ministry, without this message, there's no connection. Head is a head, body is a body. You go to the denomination of the world, isn't that what it is? They can worship God and they can say, they can know, say God is a great God. He created the universe. can do this, he do that. But head is a head. The body is a body. There's no resemblance. The body is still going his own way, doing his own thing. Well, the head was severed. But when the union come, when the son of a man ministry, when the message come, when this, uh, a son of a man revealed this son of a man, then there's a uniting started. When the uniting began to establish, then the head and the body, by the union, now they are one piece. Head is not 2,000 miles away. The body is not just on the earth. The body and the head, and they connected it together. So the head, whatever it has one, can flow through into the body. 
whatever the will of God wants can flow through the body. And that the power that the head had will flow into the body. Everything that the head has will now can have a un- because of the union can free flowing into the body. That in your difficulty, then the head will provide you the strength. When you are weak, the head will provide the power for you. When you are becoming depressed, the head will start to flowing there and provide the healing for you. When you don't know where to go and what to do, the head will provide that anything that you need for the body. That is a perfect fellowship. Without the son of a man ministry, there's no perfect fellowship. Without his message, the people can still live a church life, but cannot live exactly what God ordained for this last age. If there's no union of the head and of the body, then there's no fellowship. Then there's no perfect communion between God and man. But when it connected through the Son of a Man ministry, through the Word in this hour, it brings the body and the head together. Whatever the head wants, the body will go do it. That's why you find out that the people, sometimes you find out that people say, live a Christian life is so hard. Why so hard? Because the body is the body. Head is head. But if the body get it connected with the head, then it's not you live anymore, but it's the head starting to live what he wants to live. Amen. The Christian life is not something hard. You do God's will, it was such a pleasure. To follow what God has said, it was a, such a wonderful thing. It's not just that the body are trying to live a Christian life, but when you get it connected, and the, through a sacrifice, God provided a way for us to be connected with the head. Then you have the headship. It's not you live anymore, but it's the head that is living in you. And Brother Bramba said in the Christian mystery of a God, he said, how do you know is right? He, the word, is vindicated. He, the word, properly vindicated is the headship, the head of the church. And then it said, then we are united under one vindicated headship. That is the Christ, the word of God. He said, we see that the promise of being fulfilled, the Christ, the true headship going in, coming in as a bride, doing the same work that he did at the beginning, and making ready and fulfilling his word as he did at first. In John 14, 12, he that believes on me, the works that I do shall he do also. Then the head and the body are becoming one. In works and in sign and in life, vindicated by God himself through his promised word for the last day, he promised this in this last day. How we thankful the Lord sent the messenger in this hour. We're talking about the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's not just 2,000 years ago. When the blood was shed, that's a pay, the price. That's our tongue for our sin. But in this age, God has ascended the life that in the blood, 
in the Holy Spirit as the Word of God in this hour. It's the same blood, but it's just in different form. When you receive the Word, you receive the blood of Jesus Christ. And when you receive the blood of Jesus Christ, that will provide the way for the head to be connected with the body. And by looking at the sacrifice, by receiving what is the Word of God has said, and then you receive the blood. Is that the blood of sacrifice, the Word of God connected to the head and with your body? So that you're not just use your own mind to try to figure it out, but you let God to direct your daily life. And in Christ the mystery of God revealed, Brother Abraham said, and then the word moves on down into the body from the head. What is it? The same word. Nothing can be added or taken from it. So that the same word moves from the head as the day comes close down into the body. Down into the body, vindicating that they are one. They're a husband and wife. They're flesh of his flesh and word of his word. Life of his life, spirit of his spirit. When body without a head, it was just in such a confusion. But when body with a head, though your body might be still the same body that you are now, but now the head giving the power. The head, not only just giving a direction, but the head will give you to will and to do God's will. He gives you the power to do God's will. It's not that the head it just gives you an instruction, you do this, you do that. It's that the power of a God, as the head, He serves you everything that you need. You only need to be under this headship. When you are under that headship, he will provide all your need. He will give you everything that for this journey of life. In the book of Hosea, when we just read it in the beginning, and you're talking about this as a woman that God said to the prophet, he said, you go to Mary, take a wife of this woman of a whoredom. I was thinking how hard for this prophet and to do things like that. As a holy as a God's prophet it is. As a holy God that it serve. But God want to use that as a type. That the prophet says to take the woman as your wife that was uh, in the whoredom. And so when the Hosea takes this as a woman and he gives it to the woman uh, that this woman was conceived and they Give it a daughter, her name is Alora Hamad, and they give it a son that's called Aloami. And then they said, God, God said, You're not my people, and I will not be your God. But look at one thing when a woman was married to Hosea, then her headship was changed. This woman used to be as a whoredom, living like a prostitute, as a, uh, as a harlot. As we, we can see it. And he and she got a many men's seed that is inside of her. Many men has to throw the men's idea, the men's uh, thoughts, the men's sort of seed that is into this woman. But none of those men is her husband. They all throw seed in her, but she got no head. Because she's not under the husband 
There was no union between her and her husband. It's all just throwing a little seed in her. It's like in the denomination of the world. It's like in the people that are in there. They all have a different kind of a seed. But there's no head in them. They all have all kinds of a word of a man that's in them. But there's no headship. But thank God in this age that God sent us a headship. He sent out and said, you low as a prostitute, but I take you as my wife. I'm not just to throw the seed in you and leave you, but I'm going to connect it with you. I'm not going to just throw you the word that you said, you go to believe the word. You go to believe the word. He said, I'm coming there. I'm going to connect it with you. I will be your husband and you will be my wife. You said, I'm a whore. You said, I'm my body was a defiled. I'm a soul like a, live like a prostitute, but you're under a different headship. When God sends you the prophet headship, and that union will totally change your whole being. That woman, that Gorma, that the, the prophet has took, though her body, not nothing changed that in her body. Her body is still as a prostitute body, but her headship has changed. Her headship, she's not belong to any man's idea anymore, but she belongs to the headship of the, the prophet. And we're not belongs to any denominational ideas anymore or men's idea anymore. You're not belongs to just some church idea anymore, but you belongs to the, the prophet. This headship that the use of the prophet of San Ayaya, uh, a son of a man, reveal the least son of a man, so that we are united with a different headship. When you're united with a different headship, and then the Bible said, then say God called his name Loami, for ye are not my people. I will not be your God. And he said, and you call the other one's name Laura Hama, and she conceived in the, uh, in the burial, for I will no more have mercy upon the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. But notice, then in the verse 10, say, yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor number, and it shall come to pass that in the place where he was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there he shall be said unto them, Ye are the sons of the living God. Amen. Why? Because in the 1 and 11, it said that then shall the children of Judah and the children of Israel be gathered together and that appoint themselves one head. And they shall come up out of the land, for great shall be the day of Jezreel. It will be appointed point to them one head. When the headship was changed, in the place that when God said, you're not my child. And, but in the same place, because of the headship, because they received the, the headship of the, the prostitute, then God said, in the place that I said, you're not my people, but in the same place, I will call you, you are the son of God. By changing of the headship, by united with this son of a man, 
through the word of the message that you believe, you are changed the headship. When the headship was changed into the place that you said, I done wrong, but God said, you are my child. Into the place that said, you're not my child, you're not my son, but in the same place, God said, you are my people. You are my children. Because of the headship has changed. When the headship is changed, when the headship is united with the body, it is, it's not how filthy that body is, but that headship will make this person become a different person. When we're united with a different headship, with the Son of a Man ministry that God gave it to us in this hour, you're united with Christ, the Word in this hour, that union will make you a different person. Though your body is still the same, though your body is still decrepit, though this body still make mistakes, still doing things wrong, but you are under a different headship. It's the headship that makes you the different. It's not your body that makes you the different. It's the head that you're united with. It's the word that you're united with. That will make you a different person. Because it's not you speaking anymore. It's him speaking for you. It's not you live anymore. It's him living for you. Let me just wrap it up before the musician can come. And in another scripture, in the book of Exodus chapter 22, verse 16. And then the Bible said, if a man entice a maid that is not betrothed and lie with her, he shall surely endow her to be his wife. That is the law in the Old Testament. If there was a girl who was not a betrothed and is a virgin, but if the man look at him and he enticed her, then he must, he must marry to this girl. When I look at that, I was thinking about, Lord, that is us. We're born in this world. And we're living in this world. And we're enticed by this worldly pleasure and different things. And then, by doing that, by with, go with the world, the world has a right that it will forever take you that you cannot go, uh, go free anymore. Because if the man enticed that girl, he must marry her. But when I read on, I think how thankful that I am. He said, and the next verse said, but if her father utterly refused to give her unto him, I was thinking, Lord, I'm so thankful. Though I was enticed in this world, though I was born into the world, shipping iniquity, but there's a seed inside of me. I'm still under the headship of my father. You are still under the headship of the father. Though you do wrong, though you mistake, though there's a body weak, but there's a father ahead before over us. And he is our headship. And that the father, if utterly refused to give her unto him, that shows that you and me and all of us, there is a seed laid in us. We're not under the headship of this world, but we're under the headship of our father God. Because you are the attributes and the gene of a God. And this is not we try to refuse, but it's the headship 
the father utterly refused to give her unto him. And then the Bible continues to say, he shall pay money according to the dowry of a virgin. You know the dowry of a virgin is how much? 50 shekel of silver. And this man, though he defiled that woman, but he cannot marry her because the father said, I'm not going to give her to you. And it's our father said, though you were enticed of my bride, though you were enticed that my bride and my wife, and you do all those things that you do, but I'm not going to let you marry her. And not only not let you marry her, I ask you, I demand you to pay her the money. In the place where the devil is trying to trap you, trying to trick you, and the God will twist the arm of the devil, and the coming back said, you got to pay the dowry for my daughter. And in this hour, oh, how I'm thankful to the Lord. Under the new headship of the Father, the Word in this hour, our Father ought to refuse to let the King or the God of this earth, to this world, to marry us. And He said, you have to pay for them. And then I was thinking about that, Brother Darren. Where'd you got all this knowledge to do the, all the message hub and different things? God, well, that is the God of this uh, world. He, they have to, you know, educate him and then put the knowledge into him so that he can do the message hub and then for the kingdom of God. And it's our God said, I want you to give my son a race. And the devil said, no, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. God said, you have to do it. Because you enticed her. You enticed him. But I'm not going to let him marry the world. Because they live on this world. But they don't belong to this world. I will let you to pay for the tuition. I will let you to give them a knowledge. And so that it will tear down all your kingdom. What a mighty God that we serve. That we live in this world, but the world has no touch to us. We live on this world, but the world cannot do anything to the bride of Jesus Christ. Because you are under a different headship. Let a musician come. It's our father who has the final say. It's not to the devil has the final say. Amen. Though he tried to do everything that he can and try to devour the bride of Jesus Christ, but the bride of Jesus Christ still goes on. I was just hearing a testimony just a few days ago. I think I shared it with you that a brother in China started witnessing that online it was a, a different group and, and everywhere. When it was a witnessing, I mean, it, it was just like exploded. And the last few days, there was a 20, 30, some people was baptized. And there was about a six or seven groups now is coming up. And he going to the place. And there was a one place. Uh, he was a sharing and was just in the brother Caleb's church there. And when he shared, when his white jacket brother shared the message to them, he said, Brother Murphy, I don't, I don't do 
Uh, I, I'm not a minister. They said, all I do, I just play the message to them. I always heard a brother Ed said, this message got a life in. If you give it a message to the people, end of the life will find the seed. And then he said, uh, he was just put to the, the, uh, the brother Bramson's little, uh, the, the voice that was uh, online. And just one after another, one after another, people start to call in and said, we want to hear more. Then he started to send in and out the MP3 player with all the audios of the message and to them, one after another, one after another. And the one lady, and she was a woman preacher that in that uh, uh, little church on, um, uh, just a bit, uh, on our city there. And uh, she, she said, uh, she, come, she heard the message. Then she come to her brother Caleb said, I want to hear more. And while Brother Caleb was preaching to her, and she started to cry. And then the, she said, I want to be baptized. So she was baptized, and then she went back uh, to her church there. When she went back to the church, she started giving out uh, the message to the, the people. And before I noted, there was uh, 14 people was uh, baptized that in that little church. And not only that, she told Brother Caleb, she said, today I'm quitting my uh, uh, preacher position in the church. He said, Brother Caleb, now the church is yours. And Brother Caleb, just yesterday, sent me the picture, and she went to that church. She t- he t- he taken it over the church, and now the, the church, they become a believer. I said, they're under a different headship now. And the, the devil has a... And the devil is to try to do harm. And to put the little brother into the prison and do this and then do that. But God had turned that around. Because they are not married to the God of this world. They're standing firm on God's word. And God will come back and to repay them. To reward them. Just one after another, one after another. You standing firm on God's word. Being connected with this headship. Not connected with a man's idea. Not connected with your own idea. But you connected with this headship that he will speak for you. There is a life that in the word in this hour. Let us stand. Can we sing a song, I Claim the Blood? Is this blood has united us back to the headship again? Is this blood that was in between? And actually, it's not we claim the blood, the blood claimed that us. And that it declared us, said, You are free. You're not belongs to this Satan in this hour. You're not belongs to the God in this world, but you belonging to me. Let us all sing together.
provided our blood for it us. It's not just the chemistry in our 2,000 years ago, but it's the word in this hour. Is it the same life that are coming back to us? I want to give God all the thanks. Let's bow our head together. Our dear Heavenly Father, how we thank you for the sacrifice that you provided to us. Lord, without this word, that we're never, we're never going to be connected with our headship. Lord, we're coming from you. Oh, Lord, we have, uh, in this earth, you have fallen into the trap of uh, Satan's grip. But Lord, we thank you that you send the word in this hour. You send that it's the son of a man ministry in this hour to open up the, the seals. Lord, uh, to let the word become a reality to us. Lord, with your word and with our faith to believe, Lord, you reunited us back with us the headship. Lord, it's not we living anymore, but it's the head now living inside of us. When you say go, then we go. Lord, because you not only provided the will, you provided the power to do your will. Lord, you said, uh, let us uh, to believe, Lord, that there was an end that just jumping it up, said, yes, Lord, I believe the word is the truth. Lord, whatever that you said, our heart is say, yea, and an amen. Oh, Lord, I pray you that it be with every one of us when they go back to home, Lord, as it is the Christmas season. Lord, it might go with their family or some of the children that are coming home, their loved ones, they're coming together. Lord, I pray not only that I'm having a reunion time with their uh, uh, children and their loved ones, but Lord, may this time be the time before their lost ones be reunited with their own headship, Lord. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit that will go to each family. Lord, if there's the children, if their loved ones has not, has not known you yet, Lord, may this God coming down and it become real to them. Let them know that they have a father. It's not their physical father that on this earth, but it's their heavenly father. It's a welcome that the prodigal sons and prodigal daughters is coming home. Lord, we know only you can do this. But Lord, we're looking forward for that. We're not only just to pray, but we have a faith to believe that in this Christmas season, you will do something very special to each family. Lord, may we standing firm on the word of God and not wavering from the left to the right, but standing confirmed on God's word and not compromising. Lord, not compromising on our stand on what we believe and claiming in each of our children and claiming our loved ones. And Lord, I believe this is the time that you will do the things that are impossible for men to do. Lord, you call them home. We want to give you all the thanks and glory. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we sing the song uh, uh, just uh, in the beginning, uh, Anthony? Something not yoke with yoke of a bondage? Possess our inheritance. Amen. Let's possess our inheritance. It says it belongs to you. You don't need you to cry and the begging is already yours. And not only already yours, Jesus had to purchase that for it. And there is a price tag along there that has already been paid. And all we need to do, claim this as it belongs to you. Let's just sing it all together. Entangle.
certain man sent you free but God himself sent you free you have a few minutes I just have a story in my mind I want to tell you that about it just give me a few minutes I, I, I heard his story uh, years ago from a one minister I forgot who it is and he said that one day in the farm and there was a little donkey was born and uh, the donkey as it is grow and that little donkey they find out it was a uh, crippled and his uh, knee was a buckled, and his ears was a flubbed, and his, uh, he, he was just a horrible uh, little donkey. And when the owner looked at his donkey, he said, I have no use of him. He's useless, good for nothing. He said, you know what I do? I'm going to bury this guy. So he dig a pit, and he dig it, and he throw that little donkey in there. And he started shoveling the dirt on the donkey. He thought, I'm just buried him alive. And that as he throw the dirt on the little donkey, and he throw it and he throw, to his surprise. And every time when he throw the dirt on the donkey, and the donkey just shake the dirt off. And then he step on it. And then he shake the dirt off, he step on it. And before we know it, the little donkey come out of the pit. And I was thinking about, you know, sometimes we're like that little donkey. The devil was thinking that you're no use. You're useless and good for nothing. And he tried to bury you with all kinds of accusation. He tried to bury you with all the things that are in the world, that are pressure, the depression, the oppression, everything. And he tried to bury you. You know what you need to do? Just shake it off. But don't just shake it off. If you just shake it off, oh, just, just nothing. You're going to be buried. You shake it off, you step on it. You shake it off, said, I'm going to stand on God's word. The God's word has said, sin has no dominion over me. By his stripe, I am healed. And the devil said, you're no use, you're hopeless, you're helpless. You tell them about God prepared a home for me. You're not just shake it off, but you step on it. Step on the gods of the word. And in that trial, you shake it off. Said, I'm standing on top of it. I'm riding on it. 
He said, I'm sick about it. I'm shaking off. I'm standing on top of it. I have a weakness in my life. I'm not just shaking off, but I'm standing on top of it. I'm going to have a dominion over that because God has a promise to that. Be that little donkey in his Christmas. Shake it off and step on top of it. Shake it off and step on top of it. Because you are God's. Even you're a donkey, you're God's donkey. The devil has no power over you. May the Lord bless you. Go have a good Christmas season. Be that little donkey. Shake everything off. Said God has given me a promise. And he promised at a future home. And one day I'm going to be there. And devil, you're going to be down there. I'm going to be the first one watching you to be burned and screaming. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We'll see you next time.